The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I am your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. I just wanted to open the show by mentioning the event that was called Harmonic Convergence, which took place on August the 17th, 1987. People who were aware and awake at the time uh, had great expectations for this particular day and people went to sacred sites to gather together in ceremony and meditation for that occasion and what actually happened for many was a little bit of a disappointing day because in the outer realm there was no obvious uh, shift that took place but it actually was the beginning of a 25-year window of opportunity an initiation if you will And what happened on that day were many people opened their uh, higher spiritual self and connected to their extrasensory awarenesses beginning on that day. And that day uh, anniversary is next Monday, uh, August the 17th. And uh, it's a great day to go out into the world, to meditate, to do ceremony, particularly if you are aware of sacred sites in your own particular area. I uh, went to Patti Cota Robles World Congress on Illumination, uh, which is based in Tucson, Arizona, for many years. And she, this year, is hosting her 22nd annual um, anniversary of the Harmonic Convergence, which she does every year. For those of you that live in Tucson, it's at Ventana Canyon Resort. It's uh, relatively expensive. It runs from Saturday evening this next Saturday until the following Thursday noon. But I believe the Saturday evening introductory couple of hours is free. And even if you can't go, uh, it's very easy to tune into the vibrations there. It's a very pure, refined frequency that uh, Patty and her group generate. People come from all around the world, typically about 20 different countries, three or 400 people. And so it's a good good opportunity to connect to a group who will be in profound meditation for several days. And so take the opportunity to join in with the building energies that began on August 17th, 1987. And I'm absolutely delighted today to welcome as my guest Dr. Janine Talti, who is a practicing and highly successful 
osteopathic physician, and she's also um, labeled, shall we call it, an indigo scout. Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Peter. Nice to be here. Well, perhaps we should begin by, by having you explain what an indigo scout actually is. Well, the, the, the term scout has, has been one of the labels given to the adult indigos. You know, most of the, the body of literature is surrounded about the indigo children and how they started being noticed um, in mass in the mid-1980s, which sort of pre, was sort of the same time as the harmonic conversions, quite interestingly. Um, and so we've just, you know, most of the, the discussion has been about the kids and how different they are and how their learning needs are different and how they're impacting the school systems. Um, and very little attention has been given to those who have forged their way, uh, like salmon swimming upstream, who weren't identified, um, who have come much sooner um, than they. They about 70% um, in, of, well, 50% of the kids who were born in 1970 were of this persuasion. So if you calculate that out, there are many adults walking around who have felt uh, very isolated, having to fit in to a society that doesn't truly match their vibrational um, frequencies. Um, and they have... They have suffered greatly because of their differences, and many have uh, actually suppressed their fantastic traits and abilities um, in order not to be made fun of uh, and and you know brought out as as freaks. <laughs> so, so again, I, I'm very aware as a former school principal of, of not wanting to label um, and put people in boxes. But clearly there are some characteristics of the indigo um, condition that both adults and children have which set them apart from uh, typical children in the school system. So could you tell us a little bit about some of the characteristics or some of the qualities that set these children apart and these adults apart? Well, there, there, there are both physical characteristics that are identifiable in these kids um, and adults. And there are personality um, traits and abilities. And the, some of the physical traits are that they have a lower basal body temperature. They have typically very large almond-shaped eyes. They have excessive, excessive amounts of energy. They're like little um, apparatic bunnies running around there. And that's why they get labeled ADD and ADHD a lot of the times. Uh, they have larger hands and larger feet than their counterparts. They have an earlier onset of puberty, and when they're older, they have an earlier onset of salt and pepper graying hair or balding, even though they look more robust and tend to um, look more youthful as they age. So um, the, some of the characteristics that they have um, are... They have the ability to astrally project and travel. They, they have an overall sense of, of higher moral standing. They, they make decisions from a higher consciousness level. Um, they, they have a hard time seeing um, others being made fun of um, and, and, quite frankly, can't tolerate it. 
Um, they have a penetrating intuitiveness to themselves, to their to to their um, uh, ability to to recognize others. They have psychic abilities that have really, you know, gotten them uh, noticed. Um, to where they can they can tell when things are going to happen. They can make themselves invisible invisible in certain situations where people don't notice them. Um, not maybe on a physical level, but energetically, they can sort of draw attention away from them by shrinking very small. Um, they have. Some of them have a presensitivity to earthquakes and other human disasters. Um, uh, the, the, the traits go on and on. <laughs> you, have, you have a significant list, list going there. So coming to your own experience then, what was, what was your early childhood like for you? Well, mine was very interesting. You know, I, I've sat and pondered this because I've been asked, you know, on several different occasions, you know, beyond what's in the book, um, of of how I got through the childhood that was laid out in front of me, and um, it it was it was interesting that things that most kids just picked up easily were my biggest challenges: um, social interaction, um, how the world worked, <laughs> um, why people did what they did to each other. I was just appalled, and and why they did it to me because I didn't participate in that, and so it immediately separated me and, and, you know, kids are, uh, can be quite, you know, mean at times. Um, I had a very, very difficult time learning in school in the way that, that it was being offered to me. Linear learning was, was a challenge. I saw everything in holes and uh, visually. And even today, you know, I, when I speak, I tell the crowd that, I will be speaking from a visual place, and sometimes I find it difficult to find the words to express what I'm seeing, and so it comes out as word-finding problems um, because the, 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 the perception is so vast. Um, so my, my early childhood was fraught with many, many challenges of not only trying to fit in um, socially, but also trying to, to learn the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, and all of that. And yet I had these fantastic abilities to know when things were going to happen. I could communicate telepathically with some adults, particularly my father, and had an ability to communicate with animals, um, not with words, but through thought and, and posture and being able to read what they were saying, both domestic and wild. I mean, every time I would go outside, I would find some being that had been injured um, that would be presenting itself to me, or so it seemed. And so my healing um, initiation came through the, the animals. Um, and it was sort of like they were reminding me who I was, giving me, you know, handing me their, their uh, the lessons over um, to, to sort of re- connect with this higher order of consciousness that I saw the world from and uh, the, the past experiences that I brought in. I had a very um, open channel to what are now called past life experiences and you know whether those are sort of programs that we come in downloaded with or if we've truly lived those lives, 
I don't know if it really matters much, but we draw upon those experiences at certain times of our current life um, in order to uh, help us get through those or, or learn what it is that we're supposed to learn or perhaps not repeat what we had done in the past. Right. So, Janine, we're actually going to break very soon, um, but I want to come back after the break to talk a bit more about the linear sequential style of the school system and the way that you learn, which I know you would call spherical thinking. So I really want people to be able to understand that. So we'll go to break, and I will return with Dr. Janine Pelty talking about indigo people. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And today we have with us Dr. Janine Talti, who has written a fascinating book called Indigo Awakening, talking about the challenges that the indigo children and adults face in the world, the gifts that they have, and, and what their real purpose for being here is. So, Janine, before the break, I, I just mentioned about the school system and how challenging the linear sequential model has been for the indigos. And, and uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. So any listeners, uh, parents in particular, can get a, a real insight into what it's like for the indigo children in our schools. Well, at least for me, um, when I was trying to learn you know, math and reading and, and putting sounds to, you know, way back in, in kindergarten and, and, and first grade, just putting the sounds to the letter... It was as if my brain could not do that, and I, I was not stupid. I knew that, um, but it, it was almost as if the circuitry was not hooked up, or it was hooked up to different uh, different things. Um, I tried. It wasn't a matter of diligence. It was just that there was nothing that could connect the two at certain stages. Um, and it became incredibly frustrating because as I slowly progressed in trying to, to put those um, pieces together, every time I turned around, I, it felt as if my brain didn't work that way. And yet I could see things and I could imagine things in three dimensions that people when I tried to explain what I was seeing, they would shut down as my brain seemed to shut down trying to learn, you know, linear sequential um, information. And, and do you now understand um, what that was? You, from um, Can you now explain the difference between the two? Well, I mean, I eventually um, I requested to be tested for dyslexia after um, seeing a, a news program on it, and that seemed to explain how my brain worked inside. And in studying dyslexia later on in life, um, what the process there is is that the kids or the, the, the early brain does not hone down clear tracks to put information in certain places in the brain, and I think some of that, that information is now being refuted. But... When a piece of information comes in, it gets scattered all over, and trying to re- trying to to bring it back, trying to recall it, you have to scan all these places of where it may have been stored, and so there's not an easy flow of of uh, knowledge being put in or or recall being uh, accessed. So that kind of explained it neurologically to me. Um, better, but again, you know, as sort of these layers of understanding have uh, shown themselves to me in that uniqueness, um, what I really honestly think is that the indigos have an inherent different circuitry. We are wired for different information, and what has happened to me later on in life is is that circuitry has come on full throttle and. 
Um, I see it in others, you know, in being able to assess earth energies and vortexes and uh, psychic information and downloading and all the things that we know are traits of the indigos um, are all part of what I perceive as an inherent difference in the way that our neurologic systems are wired. And many of the ancients and, and the, the indigenous people, you know, talk about these kids and people being the next, uh, the next phase of, of, you know, human evolution. And I think that's what we're seeing because we're, we're definitely different and there is, there is a, a commonality. I have taken people who are un, un awakened indigos to ley lines and they feel it the same way I do um, where others don't you know and and they don't know a thing about ley lines but in asking them to tune into what they're feeling they describe it perfectly so I've you know been sort of doing my own research in truly trying to understand myself in taking it to others and it's been quite fascinating so so as we, we are approaching, um, people often talk about the new age of Aquarius shifting from the age of Pisces. So you have a, a sense then that this new way of being wired in the brain is actually a step into the age of Aquarius from the old linear sequential model of the Piscean age. I, I absolutely feel that way. I think Carolyn May said it the best, is that we have two species walking around right now. We have the... <laughs> The bisected, you know, with the homunculus in the middle um, of the right, wrong, black, white, you know, good, bad, um, and then we have the spherical thinkers who can just, you know, work their way around a situation and see it from all sides, project their perception into somebody else, see how they in the physical are being responded to. I mean, they have this ability to jump perceptions where somebody else who's more of the split-brain consciousness, can't even imagine, you know, what the heck you're talking about. And um, I have people in my social sphere who, you know, have very close, actually, who have read the, my book, and they look at me like, I didn't get a thing you were talking about, <laughs> <laughs> particularly the italicized parts. And, and, and it's, you just have to know that they're, on some level they're not capable of because of the way that they're wired. That's really interesting because I, I, in reading the book, um, the italicized part is the the opening of each chapter, and for me, it was of a totally different and higher vibration for the rest of the book. So that was the most exciting, exciting part for me, for me to read, to be honest, which is which is great. Um, so w- one of my concerns with these children, and, and I came across them in, in the school system as a as a principal was that because these gifts seem to be outrageous and out there and, and most people don't understand them, these children not only don't do well in the school system, but they also close down those gifts, and so they actually have nothing going for them in the end. So I'd love you to um, help our listeners understand how you used your gifts, gifts to actually help you through and how you applied them in your life to help you. Well, I was, in, I now know, I was, sort of psychic, and I could bring in information when I was pressed to have to. Um, I, I found myself, now that I know what the label is, doing remote viewing. You know, when I was absolutely stressed out and I couldn't do a math problem right if my life depended on it, I focused on the teacher's book, and it just popped into my head, and I wrote it down, and the teacher knew that I was 
not able to come up with that using the formula, and so she wondered, where in the heck am I getting that information from? <laughs> um, so, you know, these, these, these traits sort of showed up as, as a way of, of sheer desperation. <laughs> and thank God. Um, I, would, I would access knowledge that I never learned um, in trying to get through the school system. And, and I don't know how to explain that. I don't know if it's possible to explain that. But it's, in, it's intuitive, but intuitive kind of implies that it's coming from yourself. This is sort of accessing the Akashic record from above you and bringing it in. Um, and, and even in my medical practice today, I do that. I mean, sometimes I will recommend something or do something that I have never learned. Um, and at first it's a little scary to trust that inherently, and then when it always works out for the, the greater and best good, I sit back and I think, where is that coming from? <laughs> um, so, you know, as a child, I, I accidentally stumbled on those, and rather than shutting them down, they were my ability to cope and to survive. And I was never... Um, because I never spoke about it, I was never really conscious about doing it. Um, it just sort of happened for me, and I was very, very uh, determined to make it. So I, I, I got the sense early on that you know, my initiation into the healing arts through the animals was to eventually move into a field of you know, a medical practice or medical field, which for me was ridiculous because I couldn't read, write, or do math, and I knew that that would be a huge abyss to have to, to transcend. Um, but I trusted in the process. And there, there's this sense of an overall mission that these people and these kids um, are clear about, and nothing will get in their way. You hope. <laughs> Many of them do get what I call derailed. Um, but it, it, it's not an option to give up. Uh, you have to keep forging ahead because you've come here for a higher purpose. It's not about you. It's, it's really a very altruistic way of being in the world because there, there are so many challenges that these kids face and people that unless they're physically uh, derailed uh, to the extent where they can no longer uh, function, uh, they, they're, they're true warriors. You know, the, the difference between the crystals and the rainbows and, and the more angelic beings and the indigos is that the indigos have really come, you know, forging this new way, and they, they have a very, very, like their, their warrior archetype is, is definitely on lead. So... The determination seems to be pervasive, you know, unless they get so buried in the system and they get frustrated, and and uh, then you know, then the rebellion sets in, and those are the those are the hard ones to deal with. Yes, and I had to deal with those in my school because there's an incredible intensity about the emotions that these children and adults have because they are here on a higher mission, and as you say, nothing can get in their way. We're coming up to the next break. I just wanted to mention, because I was, I was chuckling away at some of the, your insights in terms of using your psychic abilities in schools, but I know Doreen Virtue says ADHD is attention dialed to a higher dimension. 
which is what you're talking about in your ability to uh, search the Akashic Records for the answers. So I have my guest Janine Talty. We have a fascinating discussion which will continue after this next break. This is Peter Tang, your host for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! try it. Uh, uh, <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tom left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Tune in to Inner Speak Soul Adventures Talk Radio Show every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, and learn how to let go of your past and create the reality you desire and deserve, allowing your inner communication to take place more easily without the interference of our noisy mind chatter or your ego. Inner Speak Soul Adventures with Gene Adrian, right here on the Seventh Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. And today we have with us Dr. Janine Talty. And I'm now going to ask Janine to 
shift into the extrasensory perceptions that the indigos have. And in her own case, I'm going to ask Janine to try and explain what it's actually like, how it works when you have telepathic communication or you know an animal or a person needs healing and, and how you access those Akashic records and, and know answers to questions. So, Janine, just try and help us get a grasp of what that's like to have that information come in. You know, I, I think it's, it, it feels like having your own thoughts. You know, when a, when a thought comes into your head, there is a sense of clarity of knowing. And I don't really see it as anything other than that, except it's not yours. Um, there's an inherent sense that what is coming into your cognitive awareness is coming from a different source than yourself. And, you know, many people talk about that, you know, our brains are really just broadcasters and receivers of electromagnetic energy and that we don't really have our own memory stored in our, in our cranium and we don't have our own thoughts. We're picking up um, these, these downloads of information from other sources. And that feels really, really right um, as far as my experience with telepathy and psychic information and um, an inherent sense of knowing what to do next in a healing situation. Um, it just sort of pops in like a, a download of information. And the challenge, Peter, is to trust it. Uh, many people uh, are, are afraid of psychic awareness. It, they, they, you know, if you put different words up on a chalkboard, the first thing they say is that they're fearful of it, as if they're going to have a diagnosis of schizophrenia or that um, it's the word of the devil. You know, we've been conditioned through religious teachings. Um, and so it's the inherent trusting of that information um, and using it to see what, what the outcome is. And for me... Um, I have been using that information. I started as a child, but it's been a lifetime journey of, of, of honing in on those little, little whispers of knowing that don't stay long enough in your head to attach words to. And, and now when they come through, I grab them and I, I bring them into conscious awareness or I'll verbalize or write them down and act on them or do what needs to be done around the information and find that it it validates, you know, the outcome validates the thought or that whispered knowing um, uh, perfectly. Uh, so I think that the, the true challenge is, I think we're all getting it. I mean, I, I'm absolutely convinced that we all receive this sort of information. Um, how many of us are trusting it? How many of us are paying attention to it initially is, is really the, the question. So, so your adult um, journey has taken you to some sacred sites in different parts of the world, and obviously you have applied your extrasensory awareness to uh, those sacred sites, the ley lines, the stone circles, as well as your connection through to past life um, awarenesses. So um, talk to us a little bit about those experiences and what that's been like for you, visiting those sacred sites, what it's like there, and and again, what happens when you get information coming through from other lifetimes? Well, the information coming through other lifetimes started in childhood. I didn't understand it um, then, as I do now. And 
uh, being drawn to those places has everything to do with those past life knowings. Um, there are certain periods of history that uh, not only draw you, but you, but I had the sense that I had been there. I had I could smell the smells, I could feel the textures, I could see the colors. Um, it was a, it was a very physical, sensory experience rather than just being interested in the historical content. Um, and it's being an indigo, it, you're constantly living between two worlds, one of the third dimension that we're all walking around in and this other of this sort of higher-order awareness that's operating sort of above you and, and creating situations and synchronicities that lead you to people and places and events with the most perfect timing that is completely unexplainable in any other way. Um, so for me, being drawn to, I mean, the first I had ever heard of a ley line, it was like a circuit opened up and went online, and I was passionate. I didn't know what a ley line was, but I was drawn to it. Um, and my experience on the Camino, which was, you know, how the part of the reason I went is that I wanted to experience a ley line based on how it had been described and how it connects you to sort of an open channel of getting more information. Because I always had a sense that I knew more than I could access, and it was always very frustrating. And I knew that, for whatever reason, by age 42, this would all be revealed to me. And it just so happened that the year I was able to do it was my 42nd year. <laughs> um, but uh, when, I was on the, when I was on the Camino, I didn't have all these wonderful psychic experiences. I had a body that broke down, got inflamed, fell apart, which was very unique because I have maintained a very high physical uh, fitness level throughout my, my years, and that's kind of explained in the book. Um, and what I got to understand was the physical body is just as important as the energetic body, and those areas that ended up as injuries, as we, we perceive injuries, were areas of resistance in my circuit. And once they cleared on the ley line, I then did a trip to, to England and, and visited many other energetic sites and sacred sites and vortexes, um, I then became very much sort of a, a conduit of bringing this energy through my electrical system and my physical body, which hastens um, this ability to bring it into others when I'm treating them in the, the situation that I, I do in my clinic. Um, so everything preceded everything else, and it was sort of this perfect uh, symphony of experiences and understandings and knowings that led to what I'm doing now from a conscious level. That's why I needed to write this story, because it was this perfect you know, a box with the perfect bow that explained all of the misunderstandings of childhood, all of the weird experiences that I couldn't even talk to anybody else about because they couldn't relate, and to see it grow and develop into this amazing um, gift of, of being able to bring energy through me because my system is now cleared out because of all the, the past life uh, karmic clearing that, that has 
had to have happened and has happened. I'm sure there's more to come. Um, through those experiences of, of being on the, the high vibrational ley lines and vortexes, that now I can, what's happening in my practice now is I've sort of woken up myself realizing that probably a third of my patient practice are derailed indigos. And uh, the indigos have a very, very expanded electromagnetic uh, photic field around them. Normal people, um, if, you can, if you, you can actually use dowsing rods to measure this off the body, and, and USDA humans, as Dr. Richard Boylan, who's I reference in the back of the book, this is his work, um, the dowsing rods will open up at 18 to 20 inches off the body. An indigo, or how he, he terms them, another label, star kids or star seeds, will um, open the dowsing rods at least three feet uh, off the body. The, the largest photic field that he actually measured was an Italian young man uh, who was 54 feet. Um, many of the people that I have measured in my practice who actually receive this download of energy that comes through me now into them when I'm doing cranial sacral therapy, um, it has been 100% correlated with uh, folks that are at least, you know, the ones that we end up measuring on average are 13 to 26 feet here in, in my, my practice. Um, so it's been very interesting to finally uh, have a way of measuring and validating uh, these folks. It's really neat when you actually can do that physical measurement. And I just need to say, Jenny, because this is, we've only met on the phone a couple of times. We haven't met in person yet. But what happens is Janine chats, and I, and I can sort of fill in some of the details and understanding. So the reason 42 age is important is because it's, it's a one-and-a-half-year uh, Saturn returns. Saturn returns to where you were born in your chart every 28 years. And it's half of the Uranus return to your chart, which takes 84 years. So at the age 42, it's a very critical time in people's lives. And so that's why when you were 42, this, uh, this suddenly happened. It was, in your, it was in your star chart. And so the other thing that's happened with Janine and I is she has visited many of the sacred sites that I know a lot of background information for. And so she goes there in complete innocence and, and picks up the information from a pure um, psychic extrasensory point of view and I then come in and, and start filling in the details of why she had those experiences. It's a great little team that we've got going all of a sudden. So we've got to go to our last break. And when we return, I'm going to ask Janine to explain to us what's the bigger picture. What's, what's all this about um, we need to know about? So this is Peter Tung taking us to break in awakening to conscious co-creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. 
How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And today we have with us Dr. Janine Talti. And Janine, you mentioned earlier in the show that the indigos are here with a higher purpose, a very specific mission which they are intensely dedicated to. So try and um, give us an insight into the role that they play and, and what is the bigger picture that, that we are embracing at this time. Well, the bigger picture, obviously, is the, 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 the galactic alignment of you know the procession of the equinoxes going to peak at uh, December 21st, 2012, according to the way that the Mayan calendar has been interpreted. There are different dates that have been given to that, a little bit before, a little bit after, but as you mentioned, the, the harmonic conversions was the beginning opening of that 25-year transition time. And what the indigos are here to do is to help midwife that shift 
Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and as we see happening all around us and on our TVs every night, the, the systems are crumbling. The old way is, is breaking down and clearing the path for something new to begin. And we have to, we have to honor that and we have to allow it. So, you know, trying to restore normalcy the way it used to be is not the point. So each indigo has their own individual mission, whether they're the headbangers, you know, bucking the system in every way they can, such as my friend David Icke, um, or the ones supporting those. You know, some of us are in a support role um, to help the headbangers, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Soften the blow somewhat. (laughs) Such as reviving him. Um, Anyway, so... uh, uh, it's, it's really to assist in this consciousness shift, which is also, you know, it's happening astrophysics in the, you know, in the, the, the cosmos, you know, with, with the alignments, with these, the, the, the uh, eclipses that we've just gone through. Um, the vibrational change of the planet is occurring. We are increasing the, the vibration. The Schumann uh, frequency has now uh, started to vary, uh, whether it's increasing on an exponential level like Greg Braden talks about or not has been refuted, you know. But um, I have patients who, I mean, one of the most common symptoms that we see is inability to sleep. Everybody has insomnia. And I tend to see a lot of the hypersensitives. And I honestly think that their cell tissue is picking up this increased vibration of the planet and they're not able to rest. And the time is growing short to get done what we have come to do. And many who have had uh, have repressed their skills and abilities due to life circumstances and not being supported, as many of the adults that I see, um, they're 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 really being pushed, both physically, mentally, spiritually. I see a lot of folks that I call my, my practice the end-of-the-road cafe. Um, <laughs> they've been everywhere, done everything. You know, I took my board exams twice now because we have to recertify, and, and I don't see the stuff that's on the board exams. <laughs> I see things that I've never read about. Um, so, you know, I, I, I honestly think that these are shift illnesses or conditions, and the ones that I have now identified as, as indigos I think part of their mission is that they have come in to help transduce energy for the collective through their physical bodies, uh, to help clear the karma of the collective. And many of them have had nothing but one thing after another happen, and it doesn't seem to be part of their their own doing. Um, and I, you know, I understand the secret and what we, you know, what the law of attraction. But some of these people seem just simply not to deserve it, and they've tried everything, and you know, under the sun, you know, with science and God and, and medicine, and it doesn't go away. Um, and so, giving them a perspective that they're, that that is part of their mission to help clear the karma that has been developed over the last twenty six thousand years through their physical systems gives them a whole different way of looking at their physical situation and it validates that that they, you know that they're actually working from a higher level perspective um, in in their own suffering so it's it's very very um, 
reassuring, you know, for them to, to hear that and, to, and for, for me to offer that information. I had a very interesting um, situation uh, happen when I was visiting um, New Zealand. We had an opportunity to meet we had a three-hour audience with a, the last tribal Maori elder, and she is a, an amazing woman in her 70s um, who just embodies not only the warrior but the mother and the goddess um, and just, ugh, she just stands in her power, and yet she's so soft and, and gifted. And she told us this story that, uh, that she is the last, uh, the divine child archetype is no longer, because um, when she was to come in, um, the elders of the Maoris knew which women she would be coming in through and where she would be coming in, and they were there to to assist in the delivery and to take her and to school her in all their ancient ways. And she stood there and said that she's the last because the time of the guru is finished, that these kids now are coming in hardwired to be able to draw this information from the collective, from the Akashic Record. And unfortunately, if they're not in a situation where there are others who recognize them, um, their gifts and their traits sometimes are misunderstood, and therein they you know, fall short. So, Janine, we're, we're coming up to the, to the top of the hour and the end of the show, so I just wanted to... And that's a great note to finish on because I'm very aware in the work that I do that it is the end of the guru and we all have to take our own personal responsibility for this shift and be, and be part of the shift and, and being responsible for the way that goes. So that's a really good note to finish on. I just want you to give you the opportunity to mention your website. The book is called Indigo Awakening. And if people want to connect to your work, what is the website? The, the website of the work that I do is wellness-rehab.com, um, and that kind of goes over what, what I'm up to <laughs> in my mission or part of it. Um, and so you can, you can actually contact us through there if, if you're at all interested. Well, thank you so much. You've given us an incredible insight into uh, your world and the world of the indigo and what this is really all about. And I know many, many people will have benefited from listening to your wise words today. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. So next week's show, I have uh, well-known children's entertainer Rafi joining me. Um, Baby Beluga was his uh, great song, but he's now focusing his life on honoring the child. And he'll be talking next week about his connection with Nelson Mandela and the Dalai Lama, bringing some real sustainability to looking after our children, as Janine described on our show today. I thank you for listening. This is Peter Tung wishing you a very good week. Signing off, Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and managers.